Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. So um, then uh, we had to get like these these three quarter inch thick rug pads then to put under the rugs themselves to like you know catch sound and like make us not mm-hmm. step so loud. Wow. You, and, you and Matt. Yeah. Wow. In the, in the apartment. Three, three quarter inch. Huh? I, yeah, they're real. They're, they're kind of cushy though. Too. Wow. I I, I didn't. Uh, listen, friends, do not talk small talk. <laughs> they talk <laughs> fantasy, and you can sign up right now. NFL.com/slash/fantasy. Little small talk there. Actually, that was a that's a true conversation. That is though, a true conversation uh, between the Wiz Kid, Alex Gilhar, and Matt Harvey. We did have to get rug pads for our apartment. <laughs> we're, we're living that fantasy bro life right now. But our downstairs neighbors, we had just oh. moved in, have a, a newborn baby, and apparently, like, I don't know, we're just like lumbering around up there, day and night, stomping around. So we had to get all these rug pads and put them. in. You know, it's that's that's interesting because you know when I had a newborn, I was living in an apartment. I was actually more worried about my neighbors than my neighbors interrupting us because oh you with the baby crying you right exactly about, and, and yeah, it's yeah. all hours too it's like 2 a.m four it doesn't matter uh the baby was crying all so that's interesting that that uh that the uh i think for we've the ho- got we've got the opposite thing I right for, that's what i'm saying i think for christmas i'm gonna buy you guys a set of kitten mittens <laughs> those would be perfect <laughs> would actually be perfect, yeah. uh by the way you're listening to the nfl fantasy live podcast uh, alex gelhar the whiskey from wisconsin back there uh just had to cu- catch a fly real quick i'm james <laughs> the host of the show uh we had mg marcus grant in the house as well uh introducing how about this matt Harmon, uh writer and slash garbage content producer that's that's his <laughs> official title uh, Matt Harmon, writer and garbage content producer for NFL.com. Big Matt, what's up? Uh, not much. I'm excited to bring my garbage from <laughs> on here to the airwaves. Um, looking looking forward to the vanity URL whenever we can make that happen, NFL.com slash garbage. I like it tells it. me that's not going to make it. Yeah, it may, well, it, may, it may not. Uh, one can dream. Yes. Um, uh, Matt Harmon, if you guys don't know, uh, very interesting uh, NFL writer because he really focuses in on wide receivers. I mean, that is his area of expertise. He's got this thing. Uh, what, why don't you explain? You, you, it's this uh, perception, or excuse me, reception perception, or something yeah, along those lines. Yeah, there you go. You got it. Reception perception. Yeah, it's uh, an in-depth methodology I created for uh, 
evaluating wide receiver play. Um, none of it's currently on NFL.com right now, but you can find it through my Twitter page and right. um, on my website. But yeah, it's it's basically just an in-depth, full perception view of, of wide receivers and um it's it's fun it's it's a fun process for me and i people seem to like it mind, mind you you have to you have to sift through pictures of his dog to get through <laughs> get to the reception stuff i was gonna say this is weird for me being on a podcast in a professional studio <laughs> usually i have my dog with me like right stats and everything but i we'll mean I can do it. yeah so <laughs> look for matt Harmon reception perception just google it uh, you could find it. it's it's very interesting stuff and I mean, it is hyper focused on wide receivers. So if you are, I mean, if you want to get deep into this fantasy stuff, uh, I, I definitely recommend it. It's a great read, and of course, he's got a lot of great stuff on NFL.com/fantasy right now. And again, remember, you can sign up right now, uh, NFL.com/fantasy. We got the great draft kit. Yep, finally got well. it up to date last week, so James is not going to get angry pictures of people. Oh, like, I still will. You know, it's just people, about something different. People will find it. That's the amazing <laughs> thing on the internet. People will find anything. There are people like when we first publish an article before we even have a chance to like read it and send it out to the masses. There are already people consuming that content. Like it's amazing, yelling at us in the contents and stuff. It, it in is the comments. So it is absolutely NFL.com slash draft kit. If you uh, want to get all that great information, it, it's a top ten list of uh, busts, breakouts, sleepers, deep sleepers, and bargain picks as well. Uh, and there's a full explanation as to to all these uh, top ten lists and all that kind of good stuff. So there you go, NFL.com slash draftkit. Listen, we got a huge show in front of us here. We're going to get to the top headlines, of course, but uh, we're going to talk about our top week three preseason uh, fantasy headlines as well. We're going to focus in on the Raiders. We're going to talk about the Eagles. And how about a little Dallas Cowboys chat, and, and specifically Terrence Williams. Then we're going to get to some of your mailbag questions, and then, of course, daily daps as well. Matt Harmon, I hope you got some daily daps, man. I forgot I had to have one, but I've got one now. So oh, I've, I've just like a, that. A pretty good one, yeah. Okay, rolling, there you go. With it. I like it. All right, let's get to the top headlines, shall we? Let's do it. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. I also like turtles. Alshon Jeffrey continues to be a no-show at Bears practices. Uh, Jeffrey was seen in a walking boot and crutches about two and a half weeks ago. He's been listed as, quote, day-to-day ever since. Uh, When asked about Jeffrey's availability and conditioning for week one, John Fox very grumpily said, quote, it's not like he's sitting there eating bonbons. He's conditioning, end of quote. Uh, Conditioning what? I'm not sure. His hair maybe? Uh, his leg. I'm. I'm not. We're. We're very confused as to what Alshon Jeffrey is doing. And maybe we start with the uh, the man known for his wide receiver analysis, uh, Matt Harmon. Alshon Jeffrey. How much do do the reports of him not practicing concern you? Well, this has been weird. Um, the whole thing has always kind of been shrouded in mystery with this injury, and that's usually how John Fox does things, anyways. Um, I follow the Panthers pretty heavily, so I'm I'm kind of used to this through the throughout the. Year. Is that your team? Uh, it's a complicated relationship. <laughs> I'd, off and on. Yeah, I'd prefer – like, I'll call her every once in a while like, if it's late at night. But, no, it's – it's. I would. I don't want to I don't want to be associated with them in any way. Got it. Mid, <laughs> mid-series Ross and Rachel right now. Yeah, have a lot of those stats. That's a pretty good way to describe it. Um, no, but as far as Jeffrey's concerned, yeah, I was putting together, like, um, a daily fantasy spreadsheet today, and he's a guy that I'm probably not going to want to play early in the season until I get a little more clarity on this. Um, and they don't really have anybody else in the offense that really intrigues me much either. You know, obviously Eddie Royal's probably the number two there. But they're also all hurt. 
Yeah, Royals got a too. hip. Marcus Wilson has a knee, a hamstring, a hamstring, hamstring. Right. This, this, that, that's a game I was looking at, especially the Bears and the Packers in Week One, and the Bears are just going to get trounced. Oh, they're going to get steamrolled. I mean, their defense is already bad, and now with all these injuries on offense, I have, it's the Packers are going to roll house. And man, if you're playing daily fantasy, I know Aaron Rodgers is going to come at a, at a very steep price, but it might just it might be, be worth it, it yeah, man. I totally agree. I, I mean. I He's think the Bears gonna be are just going to get destroyed in week one. You're right. Aaron Rodgers might be a little bit uh, angry there. Uh, MG, your take on Alshon Jeffrey, does this – I mean, it's got to move him down a little bit, no? It does. I mean, you know, I, I still think he is a guy you can probably get, say, late second round, early third round. And I think he still has wide receiver two potential. I, I sort of laugh at John Fox. You talk about him kind of being prickly and bristly about this whole thing. Let's keep in mind that the Bears kind of, you know, dilly-dally with Kevin White saying, oh, he's day-to-day, he's right. going to be yeah. back it soon. Same same narrative. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like he's going to be back soon. Everything's going to be fine. I think they did that with Ryan Mundy on right. the defensive side. Hey, he's going to be fine. Everything's day-to-day. Then he's put on IR and gone for the season. So John Fox doesn't really have the right to bristle when people ask him about injuries like this because you've already misled us at least twice on these sorts of things. He's so, taking a page out of the Bill Belichick school yeah, coaching. So you, like have to, you have to understand that people are going to be a little bit suspicious of you right now. <laughs> uh, it, it, it definitely worries me because of, of, of what you just mentioned, Marcus, uh, the Kevin White situation, man. I mean, day-to-day, he, hey, he's not going to play for the next 10 weeks, but he's day-to-day. Just, just so you guys know. <laughs> Aren't we all? Uh, I don't know about that. I, so, to me, I, I guess, Alex, I'll ask you this. How concerned are you about the injury or non-injury or whatever it is? I'm concerned enough where I actually, having done like six drafts in the last five days, I didn't, haven't taken them once. There have been a lot of times where I've looked at them and I'm like, man, I kind of like this value. But then I'm like, well, I don't know what's going on with the injury. So I opt for, uh, you know, another running back, a Lamar Miller, or I take A.J. Green or DeAndre Hopkins or something instead. Do we even know what injury he has? He's a calf injury. It's a calf. But why is he in a walking boot? I don't, that, that's not a good sign. From the beginning, it's been very unclear. They called it a calf, but, yeah, he was in the walking boot, like, right after that first or second preseason game. I'm so. worried. I'm really worried that it might be something like a plantar fascia. Yeah, so, that so, would be bad. It, that would be really I mean, bad. Can you imagine? Because here's the thing about the plantar fat. It, does it, it doesn't necessarily knock you out of games, but it's, it doesn't get better. It doesn't get better, and it certainly um, inhibits you from being productive. We saw uh, the same ailment um, you know, impact a guy like Andre Ellington last year and, and also a guy like Calvin Johnson, I believe, had a plantar fascia problem uh, for much of the season. And it's one of those things where every single week you're wondering – do I play this guy or not? So hopefully it's not that. I don't think there's like it's necessary for people to push the panic button. I got asked on Twitter, should I trade Alshon? I'm like, whoa, 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 like yeah, settle exactly. down. This exactly. could this could be nothing. Yeah. He could just be hot tubbing it, get you know ice baths, getting it ready. It could be more serious. We just need to just everybody needs to take a chill pill and wait until we get more info before making any rash decisions. If healthy, uh, given the fact that um, Brandon Marshall no longer there, Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, absolutely could be a top 10 wide receiver, if not higher. Uh, I mean, he's got that kind of talent, that size. And and the fact of the matter is, Jay Cutler, not a great real life fan, or a great real life quarterback, but uh, for fantasy purposes, he'll he'll force feed it into Alshon Jeffrey. So that's you got to like the opportunity. You got to like the skill set. It's just that injury looming large. All right, we move on. Uh, NFL Media Insider Ian Rappaport reported earlier this afternoon that Julius Thomas got his second opinion and has decided to have surgery, and he's going to have surgery tomorrow, that according to a source. That would put him out for 
about a month. It's believed that Thomas is repairing a torn tendon in his finger. General Manager Dave Caldwell told the Florida Times Union that Thomas would still be a 50-50 proposition for week one. By the way, week one is like 10 days out. If he's supposed to miss a month, I don't know how a guy is going to be 50-50. 10 days out makes no sense whatsoever. Smoke screen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but whatever, we'll move on. Um, it, you know, hearing about this, we knew that it was probably going to happen, but now it's official. He's going to be out, you know, anywhere between four to five weeks. Uh, maybe shorter. I don't know. I mean, Dave Caldwell, the GM, is making it sound like it's certainly going to be shorter. Uh, Alex Gelhar, I'll ask you, where, where does this move Julius Thomas? I know you weren't super high on him anyways. I, I was. I had come around on him, but now that he's going to be out for four weeks, I pushed him down into the tight end two range because that's just – that's a long – well, he might he might come back in week four, but uh, that's a long – long amount of time to not have a guy like that and especially when there are other high upside players that are going to be around the whole time like the Kyle Rudolphs, Jordan Camerons, Tyler Eifers of the world I would much rather take all of them than Thomas it's sad because if you remember on Friday we were sitting here gloating about how great of a pick it was for Adam, Adam Rank, Rank to take him in like round the ninth, nine the ninth round but now Rank's going to be without a tight end for the first several weeks of the season so he's gonna have to fix it um question so we said great value in round nine uh, I guess the question becomes where do you take him now uh, I don't. Still round nine? Yeah. I, I I mean, I wasn't big on him anyway. Now I'm definitely not going to deal with him at this point. Um, I mean, I guess if he's you on your really do not want, draft list, if you really want Julius Thomas, I mean, you can wait till the double digit rounds now to pick this guy up. I mean, if he's going to be out for a month, you're looking at what week two, week three before you even get anything from him now. Um, if then. Right, and I just I just had questions about. I know people say that, you know he's an athletic guy, and it's not necessarily that Peyton Manning made him who he was, but Peyton right. Manning helped him quite a bit, no doubt. And I think you know, you hear stories about maybe work ethic, and, and just you just kind of wonder whether or not he's the kind of guy that is going to succeed with Blake Bortles as as much as he did with the Denver Bronco offense. Matt Harmon. Yeah, I kind of liked Thomas as a discount, like tight end eight before this news came out, but now I'm. I'm probably with Marcus more so than I would be taking him at all. I'd, I might just completely avoid him because the tight end position is so ambiguous the way it's scoring anyways. Guys are up and down week to week. Um, you can stream the position pretty easily. I might just not avoid. I might just completely avoid Thomas at this point and you know, maybe go for a guy like Kyle Rudolph later, Tyler, Tyler Eifert, Alex mentioned. I'd rather have those guys at this point because I have more clarity on what I, I know what I'm going to get. And there are several guys in the draft like that that I'm just I'm just not going to touch until I know for sure when I'm going to get something from them and what I'm going to get. And I don't think we have an answer for Thomas with that I'll at all. I'll say that I guess of, of the four of us, I'm the most high on Julius Thomas. And I have been, really, because, you know, again, I think about opportunity and workload and all that kind of good stuff. And, and, and you know, the fact of the matter is I just don't see that many – I know Allen Robinson is a um, high upside guy there in, in Duval, but Julius Thomas for a young quarterback, and that's what Blake Bortles is, second-year quarterback, a young quarterback, it should be a tremendous safety blanket, uh, a good athlete, good hands. Uh, Marcus, you hit it right on the head, though, man. Uh, the work ethic has always – I don't want to say the work ethic. It's not that the work ethic has been a question mark. It, it's his desire to get out there even if he's not 100%. Uh, we saw that last year. Uh, he had, you know, ailments that were uh, impeding him, and he wasn't rushing to get out there. Part of that could be the fact that he was in a contract year and he wanted to stay healthy. Part of that could just be, and this is what uh, um, we've heard the whispers and the rumors, that he's just not one of those guys that is uh, is like a Steve Smith. It, it doesn't matter. I'm getting out there. 
Mm. You know, broken hand. What? It doesn't matter. Take me up. Get me out there. He's not one of those guys. Well, just in general, even if he's not going to get out there when he's hurt, the, the reality is that he gets dinged up a lot. I mean, he got dinged up last year in Denver. Sure. He had to spend his whole rookie year rehabbing an injury that pretty much slowed his development until Peyton Manning arrived. So, yeah, this is a guy that he gets dinged up a lot. He's dinged up now. I just don't know what you're going to get from him when he gets back. I get, You know, and the, and the thing, too, is, of course, it's, it's hard to roster two tight ends. I get it. But, you know, if you shouldn't can, roster two tight ends. If you could get I, – I still think if you can get him in, in the 11th round, it's not a bad value. Um, and certainly there's some upside to be had there. You know, if you're – of course, you're going to be waiting on the guy. I get it. Um, and, and that's hard to do. I could see both sides of the argument. But it, for me – if I'm sitting there in round 11, round 10, I'm going to take a flyer on Julius Thomas. I'll do it, and I'll do it uh, with confidence. All right, Tyrod Taylor named the week one starter for the Buffalo Bills. I see a little fist pumping from the garbage content producer. That harm. <laughs> uh, he's beating out first-round pick E.J. Manuel veteran Matt Castle. Uh, here's some info on, on Tyrod Taylor because I know a lot of you folks don't know about him. Uh, he's a fifth-year player out of Virginia Tech, and when he starts week one, it's going to be his first ever start in the NFL. He is a, I mean, a legit athlete. He ran a 4.540. He's got a 38-inch vertical. Uh, accuracy and footwork has always been a problem with Tyrod. But if he's figured that out, man, he's become a very interesting player because of his rushing ability. Listen, in the preseason, he's ran for 108 yards. That leads the team. If you want to talk about accuracy, how about this? Over three weeks, 24 of 31 passing in the preseason. 77%. We're talking about a guy in college who has never thrown for over, uh, uh, I don't think he even got to 60% in college. He never got to 60%. He's he's shooting 77% right now in the preseason. And I get it. It's the preseason. But, man. It's very possible that over the four years in the NFL, he's worked with some good quarterback coaches. Maybe he's figured this whole thing out. <laughs> leaving the station. Oh, it's leaving the station. And I'll and I'll say this, man. You know, for the price, uh, we're seeing him go undrafted in Basically almost free. almost all leagues. Uh, you're telling me you wouldn't spend a 15th round draft pick as a backup quarterback? Yeah, I'll tell you, I, I did. I'll do That's it. What I'm telling you, I'll tell you, I did it. I did three drafts this weekend, and I did it twice. So, and, I'll, and actually, I did one yesterday too. So that was three out of four in the last two days. So why the fist pumping, by the way? I know you're uh, Matt Harmon. You're, you're you're liking the guy, but what do you specifically like? About well, full disclosure, um, my history with Tyrod. Well, my side of it, he doesn't know I exist. But, uh, <laughs> but um, my my older one of my older sisters went to Virginia Tech, so I watched ah. him a lot there. My dad's a big Tyrod fan, so shout out to both of them. Probably my sister will not listen to this, though. Um, anyways, so I watched him a lot in college, and he's definitely a guy that I liked for his leadership ability, his his gamesmanship. Um, but even if he has not improved as a passer, like you said, and he certainly looks like it in the preseason, and by the way, you could say, yeah, it's the preseason, but look at some of the guys that he was playing with. I mean, there was like Marcus Easley and Deontay Thompson were right. playing as the starting receivers. So maybe he has cured himself as a passer. If he hasn't, for fantasy, it doesn't really matter because hi- recent history has shown us that running quarterbacks are like a cheat code in fantasy. Yeah. And, I mean, guys, even if they can't throw, guys like Tim Tebow, he was a quarterback, won eight out of his 11 starts in that year in 2000, in 2011. Tyrod uh, Terrell Pryor, uh, he started nine times, five times was a quarterback one, a top 12 score at the position. So it doesn't matter even if they can't throw. These guys that run can give you just – easy floor a safe production level that you can expect in your lineups and and 
That way, you know, you don't have to spend resources at the quarterback position in daily fantasy or in season long. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm all for speculating when you get late in the drafts yep. and stuff. But when I'm looking at a second quarter, because I'm not going to take a third quarterback. No, you're and, not. And right. when I'm looking at a second quarterback, I want it to be a guy that I know, one, on my bye week I can plug in. You know, whoever my starters, I can plug him in. Or if my starter gets hurt, uh, as I say, if he cannot fulfill his duties as the <laughs> starting quarterback, then I can plug him in and get hurt. And uh, I think Tyrod Taylor may have all the upside in the world, but I'm also the fantasy skeptic. And so I'm not necessarily jumping in this thing with both feet and putting a guy on my roster that I'm not 100% sure I want to roll with in case I, I have to fill a spot in my, my starting lineup. Alex Gellar. Uh, I love Tyrod. I think he's a, <laughs> he's a great he's a great flyer, and he has energized that offense too, regardless of who's been in there. The yeah. offense just looks stale and like it's right. like watching it's like the visual form of an ambient watching that offense with a different quarterback in there <laughs> yeah. but when Tyrod's in there it's actually like exciting so I I would rather I think if it's a second quarterback I'd rather have the upside than going with like a Jay Cutler or a Joe Flacco uh, the upside man to me is is very interesting I don't know I, I mean look the fact that he sat out for four years and tried to figure out quarterback and the fact that he just doggedly stuck to it I love the fact that he's an athlete a great athlete, and he's just said, you know what, man, I'm going to be a quarterback. I know there had to have been pressure both internally, externally, uh, with different organizations. Hey, will this guy play a different position? Because, again, you look at the measurables, man. A uh, 4-5-40 with a 38-inch vertical, he's 6-1. If that doesn't make for a pretty solid wide receiver, at least as a project, I don't know what to, I mean, he, he's he got all of the tools uh, from an athletic standpoint to really explode if, again, if he's worked on his footwork, if he's figured out the position somehow. This is a guy that really could be uh, not just a top 10 uh, guy at his position, but maybe better. And you're picking him up in the double-digit rounds, round 14, wait, 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 15. Wait, 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 slow down. <laughs> slow down. Skeptic is top, top 10 guy in his – like like this year? Like what, what gear are we talking? This is one of the few times I wish we were a video podcast. Yes. People could have seen Marcus Furrow. <laughs> oh, right yeah. It's great. Exactly. <laughs> Hang on. Let, I can't just let that one slide by. It's, I mean, please, please don't. Here's the deal, though. If you're playing Daily Fantasy and you don't throw a couple – maybe even the majority of your lineups out there with Tyrod because he's going to be all the way at the bottom of that right. quarterback list and sure. you can throw a ton of other studs in there. You're doing it wrong if you're not putting a lot of Tyrod lineups out there. That's interesting. I like it. All right, Randall Cobb sprained his AC joint, a.k.a. his shoulder, but he should be okay for week one. That according to Alex Marvez of Fox Sports. So, again, scary injury to his shoulder, but should be okay for week one. Uh, what do we make of this uh, news, Alex Gelhar? Everybody can you know, breathe a sigh of relief that it's not more serious. He, sh- he should be fine. He, uh, if they don't get him in week one, it sounds like they will. He'll be in shortly thereafter, and he will still be the, like, the focal point of that passing attack. So All right, let's move on. Let's talk about preseason. Oh, right, well, I was going to say, you, Go ahead. you just missed the perfect opportunity to drop in R-E-L-A-X. I I, mean. I, yeah, you know what? You're right. I should have. We should also hit Kirk Cousins real quick, though. Speaking okay, of headlines. Kirk Cousins was named the starter over RG3. I kind of glossed over it because I, I, I didn't know if Kirk Cousins. Because uh, Washington FC. Though. <laughs> <laughs> Washington, uh, I just didn't know if. Uh, uh, Kirk Cousins was uh, fantasy relevant. Well, I mean, I think that's kind of what we should talk about is does it really move the needle for him or any of the other pass catchers there? It doesn't for me, personally. I don't know if it gets anybody else excited. Uh, I mean, it moves the needle in the sense that he is a starting quarterback in the National Football League, and there are only 32 of them, so it's better than being a backup. As far as Cousins goes, no, it doesn't. I probably won't. I mean, maybe occasionally if I get desperate or something or I'm feeling particularly frisky that day, but as far as the guys around him go, it's pretty much – 
statistically proven that Morris plays better when RG3 plays, so that's something to watch for. And also, I wouldn't rule out that that Morris is the next 2012 draft guy to get replaced too because they love Matt Jones, and that dude looks good in the preseason, so that's something to watch. Also, I just think he's a better quarterback at this point than Robert Griffin, and that was pretty much – Not saying much, I don't think. It's not saying much, but it's almost unarguable if you watch Robert Griffin play last year. That dude just didn't know what he was doing either. So I think it gives like a maybe a slight bump to like Pierre Garçon and Jordan Reed, but I think it hurts Deshaun Jackson because Cousins is not the type of guy to air it out. I think the thing with Kirk Cousins uh, in terms of of Deshaun Jackson, I I think I felt like Deshaun Jackson. Look, he's a very boomer bust uh, wide receiver, um, and he's a uh, for me a, a great guy to play in the flex because sometimes he'll you know, maybe give you three points. Maybe sometimes he'll give you 20. Uh, it's it's a great flex play because sometimes he can actually carry you uh, to a victory on a week-to-week basis. But that being said, I, I kind of felt like a lot of <clears> – <throat> not a lot, but some of his production was based off of the fact that RG3 would scramble around and then he just would chuck it deep and there was Deshaun Jackson as the beneficiary of that. I think that's, I think that's pretty accurate. So, uh, he, yeah, Jackson gets a slight bump down for me. I mean, it's not drastic, but just a little bit. Kirk Cousins named the starter over RG3. All right, those are your fantasy headlines. Uh, preseason Week 3 fantasy recap. Now, how about some uh, big storylines we got out of uh, Week 3 in the preseason? We're going to start with the mighty Raiders. How about this? Trent Richardson, Kimbrell Tompkins, uh, both cut Tuesday. I guess I don't. I don't want to say it's a surprise. It's also not not a surprise. I guess uh, Kimbrell was um, was part of that wide receiving court last year, and Trent Richardson. Uh, they paid okay money to be there, and, and yet they're cutting him uh, right before the season starts. So I got to think Trent Richardson's career is done. Am I wrong in saying that? No. You would think, although I have already seen an alternate universe. I tweeted this earlier today where we are two years from now seeing Trent Richardson in a camp with rejuvenated stories like in the best shape of his life or <laughs> slim down, you know, slim down, uh, you know, refreshed, all those sort of things. So oh just don't rule it out that that nightmare exists. All right. Well, let's just talk about the offense in general, though. It's supposed to be much improved. But, you know, honestly, so far we haven't seen a lot of points being put up. As a matter of fact, how about this? Zero first-team touchdowns. Derek Carr, zero touchdowns and two picks. The offense has not been able to, first-team offense has not been able to put it in the end zone. How concerned are we uh, from a fantasy standpoint, Marcus Grant? Uh, I mean, a little bit. I, look, I, I, I spent a lot of time in the offseason watching Derek Carr tape because I, I do like him and I like his potential, and I really like that they have Amari Cooper there. Um Look, he's still inconsistent throwing the football. He's not as accurate as you would like him to be, right? Uh, which surprised me because I thought that was one of his strengths coming out of Fresno State. It hasn't necessarily been the case. What I do like that is that he has receivers who can actually get open. I had such a major case of the sads watching his tape in the offseason and watching him struggle and just hold the ball, hold the ball, <laughs> waiting, praying for somebody to get open. So now he's got Cooper there. Uh, he's got Crabtree, who's a decent second option there, who can at least get open occasionally. So yeah. that's there. So if he can if he can rein in his accuracy, get a little more comfortable there, uh, I think they will get better. Uh, you know, I, I think they're still young. There's still some growing pains there, but I like the upside of this group. Alex Gellhart. Uh, I'm concerned. I was concerned about them before, and uh, it's preseason, and you know the Giants' offense famously struggled horribly in the preseason last year, and then lit it up down the stretch. But they had Odell Beckham. This, you know, it's not apples to apples here. So I've just like I have, I really haven't been taking Murray at his asking price. I've been waiting for him to fall a little bit, as much as I love the upside, and uh, I'm like 
50-50 on Cooper, I guess. But uh, I don't know. I'm, cons- I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned because the, because their guys on an offense that hasn't been great recently are coming at like a fourth-round asking price. Exactly. Uh, it was concerning to me before, and seeing this in the preseason, <clears throat> not that anything to assuage those. What's guys. the asking price for Cooper right now, Omari? Like four or five. Wide fourth round? Wide receiver 19, fourth round. Fourth round. Uh, I, you know what? I'll buy. Have you guys seen the highlights for Amari? He looks amazing. I'm, I'm with you. I, I, oh, I'll my take gosh. He looks incredible. Um, I am so high on Amari Cooper. It's not even funny. I mean, I thought I, I couldn't be higher on an Oakland Raider than Latavius Murray. But watching Amari Cooper, it's, he looks phenomenal. It's unbelievable how open he is. Um, and it's not like he's facing scrubs. He's going up against, like, multiple-time pro bowlers, and he's just torching these dudes. Um, the route running is special. Uh, the, the yards after catch is special. His hands are special. And the fact that Derek Carr is back there just slinging it with, with no conscience whatsoever, I just absolutely love Amari Cooper this year. I, I want to get Matt Harmon's take on this. Yeah, I love Cooper. Um, he's one of the more refined young receivers to come out of college in a while, and not saying he's one of the best prospects to come out in a while, but just as far as, like you said, the route running, his ability to get open really early in the route is is, is special at this point. Um, the guy just turned 21 like a month ago or something. Crazy. I mean, it's yeah, it's nuts. And he is already like beating NFL corners in the preseason, so he's a guy that I think is going to get a lot of targets too because I like Crabtree. Crabtree's a reception-perception favorite, so I'll take a little stab on him in the late rounds maybe, but I'm not, I don't like Carr much as a quarterback, but he is scattershot back there. He really wants to get the ball out quickly when he gets under pressure, and those guys are going to get open, um, you know, on slants and curls and and digs and all that, and and they're going to present easy targets for him. So Cooper's going to get a ton of look, and and I like him a lot too. I'm going to overpay on Cooper. I know it. I could feel it already. <laughs> Go get your boy. I, I mean, wanted to. You know, this is the thing. I, I looked at him, and I, there have been plenty of drafts I've had so far where I'm sitting there in the fourth round or so, and he's available, and I just. I just haven't been able to pull the trigger. I don't know why. I just there's something about it. And as much as I, I like I said, I like Cooper. I, I like Derek Carr's potential, but for some reason, something in the back of my head has prevented me from pulling the trigger on it. I don't know, man. I I, I wish I wish I had Cooper in our NFL fantasy live league. I just I don't know what's going on. Anyways, how about the Eagles' offense though? Uh, it, it was described by Alex Gelhar as quote. Wowza. The team is. <laughs> I was whipping up the podcast <laughs> that's rundown an, that's in an official a flurry term. yesterday. <laughs> the team is averaging 38 points per game over the first three weeks of the preseason. What do we make of the Eagles' offense? And we'll start with Mr. Wowza, uh, Alex Gelhart. Well, I mean, for those that watched the game, it was uh, it was like an offensive clinic between yeah. their running backs, their wide receivers. Sam Bradford looked phenomenal. Oh, my God. I got so much heat from my Fantasy Live League <laughs> on Twitter over the weekend before Bradford played because people were like, your team's garbage. You don't have a quarterback. And I would have loved to see him what would happen if they tweeted out my team after, after right. Bradford like just carved up the pa- I mean he wasn't forced to push it deep but he looked great 10 for like, 10 accurate 10 for 10 100 yards three touchdowns they like would still say your team's garbage you don't have a quarterback because <laughs> well, because right, right or wrong I mean everybody is just worried about the knees yeah you know when you miss basically the better part of two seasons because of knee injuries there's just that fear and I know the argument's going to be well everybody can get hurt it's football but there is still say there's still that fear with guys who continually have been on the shelf and so for all the good things he's done, everybody looks at that and says, hey, that's great. Are you going to be there in week 12? Look at MG with a subliminal shot at, uh, yeah, man, at Adam Rank. Par- <laughs> <laughs> that too. We miss you, pal. Uh, no, but uh, no, you're right, though. I mean, he's got, you know, .75 working ACLs. I get it. But, boy, he has looked really good in the preseason. The rushing attack looked great. It's yeah. good. 
Yeah, uh, I love the Eagles offense. I mean, there are so many of my guys on this on this team. Jordan Bradford. Matthews. Yeah, Jordan Matthews. Super high. Yeah, he's going to run routes out of the slot, and he's. I mean, he could definitely catch a hundred passes this year. I I, agree. I I wouldn't rule it out. I um, agree. They've just Chip is just a really great coach, and he's d- developed a perfect role for Matthews, and and he and Bradford are on the same page. Those like ball placement, middle of the field throws that Bradford was honestly making back in St. Louis, but people just could, didn't realize because he was throwing a Tavon Austin and being coached by Brian Schottenheimer. <laughs> Not a good. That's not, not a good, good combination. So now he's got Chip Kelly. He's got Jordan Matthews. Right. These, these two are going to jive together. And I like I like Aguilar too. I like the running game. Oh my gosh! And I love Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, it's a, it's it's going to be a you want to take you want to take those guys in your fantasy draft. It's going to be wowza. Yeah. It's <laughs> hey, let's go down to Dallas. Terrence Williams has reportedly had an amazing training camp, and those reports were highlighted by an awesome. 60-yard catch-and-run touchdown versus the Vikings in Week 3 of the preseason. The dude literally beat out five defenders. He showed unbelievable speed, turning a 20-yard catch into a 60-yard score. I will say this. He reminds me greatly of DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Not the fact that, I mean, obviously Hopkins to me was the clear number one because he just had more... uh, skill set than uh, Andre Johnson at that point in his career. I mean, obviously he's going to be the clear number two to Des Bryant, but boy, man, I mean, you look at Terrence Williams, you look at the body type, you look at the hands, you look at the speed. There's a lot of similarities between he and DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, He's entering his third year, a year that is traditionally a breakout year for wide receivers. I get it. Rookie wide receivers did super well last year, but uh, if you were looking traditionally over the the course of history, NFL history, third year uh, wideouts really seem to emerge. His measurables, 6'2", 210, ran a 4'5", he played at Baylor in that crazy spread offense, and he went crazy his senior year. This is Sands' RG3, I might add. He led the nation in receiving yards his senior year with uh, 1,832. He's learning the pro game. I am super high on Terrence Williams. I flirted with the idea of turning Terrence Williams into my March to 1100 guy. Mm. You still going to back out on Martavis? That that would have been spicy. That would have been super spicy. Ultimately, I couldn't do it because I think he's a very high-end second option in Dallas. But the fact of the matter is he's still a a second option. It's going to be hard. I'm projecting – you know, seventeen hundred yards for uh, for Des Bryant. I, I don't know where what else there's left uh, in that passing game uh, for for Terrence Williams. But I'll say this: you know, last year he had eight touchdowns. Yeah, but like six of them came in the yeah. first. I was gonna five say they came really <laughs> bunched together. <laughs> That's the point. thing about Williams is he's. I think he will still be inconsistent like that. And really, if he's gonna be your March to eleven hundred guy, you're gonna want Dallas to throw the ball more than they did last year when they were like one of the most run heavy teams in yes. the league. So. And that's why I'm just kind of eh on Terrence Williams this year, just because I don't really know if the offense is going to be conducive for him to have week-in, week-out success. I think what I, I like about the fact, and again, this is why I've got Des Bryant as my number one wide receiver in fantasy this year, over Antonio Bryant, uh, over all those other guys, is the fact that you mentioned it. Um, Tony Romo had a, I don't want to say a career low, but almost a career low in 3,700 passing yards last year. That number almost has to go up because with DeMarco Murray gone, I get it, the O-line is tremendous. They're, they still want to run uh, the ball a lot more, but... Uh, I think the defense is going to take a big step back this year. They're going to have to put more points up. They're not going to be able to control the clock with guys like Joe Randall and, and uh, Darren McFadden. I just think they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more. If we get 
if we see Tony Romo get, I mean, he's assuredly going to get over 4,000 yards this year. But if we can, get, if he can get up to 4,200, 4,300, maybe 4,500 yards, which I think is doable, uh, Terrence Williams is going to be a, a partly a beneficiary. Maybe. I mean, but you're talking about even having to throw the football more. If you're still trying to control the clock along those ways, yeah. uh, along those lines. I look at a guy like Cole Beasley, who last year, by the end of the year, really kind of taken over for Terrence Williams as the number two receiver. He's the guy who tends to run from the slot, those intermediate, those shorter routes that become kind of extended handoffs where if you are trying to just keep this clock moving, if you're in that four-minute offense, Cole Beasley is probably a better option for that than Terrence Williams is going to be. I guess the point that I'm making is I don't see them running the four-minute offense that often, or less this year than last year. Uh, I just think they're going to be behind in some games. There's going to be more shootouts. The defense, I'm telling you, guys, I'm telling you, last year, the defense last year was supposed to be historically bad. They played out of their freaking minds last year. They're going to take a step back in terms of the defensive side of the ball this year. It's just going to happen, period. Uh, I know the Dallas Cowboy fans are not going to be pleased in hearing that, but it's the truth. They they know. They understand. (laughs) So I think there's going to be a few more shootouts, and that's a reason why I, I, I like Terrence Williams this year. Um, and again, just the fact that he's a third-year wideout, I, I, I just feel like we're ignoring the whole third-year thing now. That, that, I, it's a good, it's a decent point. I mean, you're right. It's a guy we've forgot. A lot of us have forgotten about. Um, I didn't forget about him. I looked at him and I was like, meh. I'll find yeah. somebody else that I like better. <laughs> yeah, I, it's just the third-year wide receiver thing used to be the trend, but then it was second-year wide receivers and now it's just rookie-year <laughs> wide receivers. But now it's just basically young wide receivers, right. and we're just guessing when they're going to break out. But I do kind of like Williams as a late-round flyer. Why not? All right, so those are your preseason week three fantasy headlines. All right, uh, another topic we're going to be talking about today. How about fixing a bad roster, or how about a bad draft? Um, If you uh, drafted a guy like Jordy, Julius Thomas, or Kelvin Benjamin, I'll I'll throw it around the horn. How do you help fix that roster? Alex Gelhar? Well, uh, hopefully you didn't have to auto-pick your team. I know some people did. If it's a casual league, like the one I brought Matt into with some of my friends out here, uh, we had 14 teams, a couple people were out of town and stuff, so there's auto-pick teams. That was where some of those laughable picks were going in the draft because of the auto-draft rankings, so you're going to have to do some fixing. You might have injured guys. You might have guys you don't like. Thankfully, there are a lot of sleepers that we've mentioned on this podcast and yes. other places uh, that are have a very low ownership percentage on NFL.com right now and probably the other sites. So you can pick them up. Uh, for instance, if you need um, wide receiver help, Terrence Williams, as you just mentioned, only owned in 15% of the leagues. Stevie Johnson, one of my favorites, and uh, a star of reception perception, only owned in 2.1% of leagues. Jeff Janis and Ty Montgomery are like 2.5% and less for each of them. So... These are the kind of guys that you're not going to have many sure things, except maybe Stevie Johnson out of that list, when you go to try and fix these holes in your roster. But take a shot on one of those upside guys, or like a Matt Jones or something. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You said Stevie <laughs> Stevie Johnson yeah. is I'm, a, just I'm, a surefire. I'm, I'm getting on board with Stevie. Yeah. Okay. As like, um, a wi- as like a wide receiver two or three that's on the waiver wire right now. I'm getting on board with him. It's Ugh. a thing. It's yeah, a thing. Get on board, James. <laughs> I'm not on board. Get on board, man. I am not Look, on Stevie board. Johnson is playing, and I've, I've written this actually a couple times in the last week or so. He's playing with the best quarterback he's ever had in his career with Philip Rivers, and he's playing on a team that doesn't really have a bona fide number one wide receiver. I mean, Keenan Allen proved last year that he's not really that 
guy. No. I mean, what? Super Mal- solid number two. Malcolm yeah. Floyd. I mean, who else is really there? Stevie Johnson has as good of opportunity as anybody Plus, to lead that team in receptions. Gates is out for four weeks, yep. so they're going to need other targets. It all is lining up for Stevie Johnson to have very solid production. The Joker is back, baby. Oh, yeah. boy. <sighs> when I watched him last year with the 49ers and did his reception perception, he was one of the most stunning guys, just how often he was open. And uh, I mean, we all know that Colin Kaepernick just hits that one read, and if it's not open, nope, just. Throw it to Bolden anyways. Or get sacked. <laughs> or get sacked. Or do that. Or just run around until he gets sacked. So he's not a guy that runs through the progressions. Johnson was off in the number three read, so he wasn't getting that deep. But this guy still gets off press coverage, still gets open, you know, kind of like Cooper and Crabtree, guy that gets opened early in the routes. So, yeah, I like him too. Oh, boy. I can't get on board. I just can't do it. I can't do it. All right, let's do mailbag. Let's All do right. that. Let's start uh, first on, mailbag question. Let's start on some mail. Message for you, son. All right, the first one is from SteelersFan99. Uh, it's at ngoodling99. He asks, my friend and I are co-owning a team uh, in a class league, but it's an auction draft. Never done one before. Advice, please. I love this question. I know. We hadn't talked a ton about auction strategy. That's why I thought it would be a good one to bring into the show here. Uh, there's a couple different strategies that you can bring into it. Uh, you could either go super top-heavy and then just go you know, $1 guys all the way throughout. Uh, a strategy I tried and failed miserably with last year. <laughs> uh, and, and it was funny, too, because I didn't want to do that. But I, I actually wanted LaShawn McCoy. We're playing a PPR. I actually wanted LaShawn McCoy. I, I think I spent uh, $66 out of my $200 budget to go get him. And then I was watching Adrian. So the next guy up was Adrian Peterson. I'm watching his uh, uh, his value get stuck in, in in the high 50s. And I'm like, I cannot let this guy go. For high 50. So I start bidding him up thinking, okay, somebody's going to go. And then you get stuck with him. And then I got stuck with him at like 62. Yeah. That didn't work out too good. I will say that being in an auction draft, it is a study in discipline. Because you have to have a couple of guys that you really want. You know, and you wait for those guys to come up, and then you bid on them. Because otherwise, what you turn into is you're that little kid, and your parents have given you $20 and let you loose, like, yeah. you know, in a candy store. And you're like, oh, my God. You know, you, like, blow it on something, and then you, like, see the nerds later on. You're like, I could have had nerds. Um, you know, so it's just it is really about discipline and, yeah. and, and making sure that you target the guys you want. Don't get distracted by shiny objects that are going to blow your budget. And right. you wait for the value guys that come up later. It, well, one of the best things to do in auctions at the beginning, too, is throw out guys that you don't want. That's exactly. my favorite thing to do. Like, this is your first auction league. You might see, like you said, Aaron Rodgers get nominated. Then you might see Stevie Johnson get nominated and right. Matt Forte or whatever. So it's it's all up in the air, and you just have to react to the players you want and bid accordingly. There's, I mean, the the, the fun part about the auction is that there's way to screw over the other <laughs> the yeah. other owners. Uh, Matt, you, you mentioned one. Throw out a guy early uh, that you want no piece of. Uh, and, and guys like Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck are great examples of that because – Early on in an auction draft, because what Marcus said, you're a kid in a candy store, people are, are willing to pay more than they should, uh, willing more than, than they probably even want to, to bid on a guy that they want. Um, and it's funny, man. It's funny when you see that. Another, uh, you mentioned it, uh, Alex, uh, throwing out a guy like Stevie Johnson. Because, let's say you're, let's say you're me. Uh, you're not high on, on, on Chris Ivory, all right? I'm just going to throw Chris Ivory out there. And people, if you nominate Chris Ivory super, super late, uh, he might go for four or five bucks. But if you nominate him early, 
He might go for 10 or 12. Yeah, you got to know when to when to nominate the guy, that's for sure. Sometimes, though, if you throw out one of those under-the-radar names early, people will be like, ew, I'm not spending my yeah, money when all these other guys are available. So you might, get him, you might get him cheap there. It's, it's a risk, though. The general – general thought that I always stick with with auction drafts and I and I do a lot I'll do a lot of them um I did a studs and dud one recently too and it turned out pretty funny but I won't talk about that nobody cares um really it's, <laughs> it's always about trying to find the you of the run in an auction so like you don't want to be one of the first ones to you know get in on the run of running backs because that's when people are paying for them and then you don't want to be at the end of the run because that's when people are oh crap all the good running backs are gone I got to get them you got to want to be like right in that in the top there, in the middle in the, portion. The, the midpoint of the parabola there. So, yes, again, the exactly. two strategies, and really we could just break it down to two strategies. Either you go super heavy and then just pay, you know, there's maybe two running backs you really like or running back and wide receiver you really like. Let's say you just happen to absolutely love Eddie Lacy and Des Bryant this year. You just go crazy uh, bidding on those guys. And then the rest of your lineup is literally just one $2 guys, including quarterback, including all these other wide receivers uh, and whatever it might be. The other strategy is let me just load up on a bunch of medium, uh, uh, mid-tier guys. Uh, I don't want to call them mid-card jobbers because Adam Rank's not here. <laughs> That's okay. But, you know, just guys like DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, who are good players, but you don't have to necessarily break the bank to get those guys. Yeah. Those are your two different strategies, essentially, in an auction draft. For me, I have found that the latter strategy just happens to work out a heck of a lot better. You're really hedging your bets uh, that your stars don't necessarily get injured, that they don't perform, whatever it might be, and you've got a solid stable of guys. Because like you said, if you drop 66 bucks on LaShawn McCoy and he has a lackluster year, then you're, you're stuck you're and you don't have depth. But if you spent that 66 bucks and broke it up like 22 on Mark Ingram, 20 right. on Jonathan Stewart, 18 on Frank Gore, then... Yeah, you know, I mean, they would all probably go for more than that, but right. hypothetically, then you're in a better standing. If you do studs and duds, you're basically you're either going to be first or you're going to be next to last or something. <laughs> yeah. And so like, there's that's yeah. fine because sometimes I like to play fantasy that way. I'm not. I like not try, I'm not trying to come in third. I don't care about yeah. that. <laughs> it's supposed to be fun. Get the guys you want. <laughs> all right, we will move on to the next. I think we've hit that auction uh, style enough. Yeah. Um, let's talk. Uh, let's get to our next mailbag question. I love this Twitter handle. How about this? Johnny Utah. Yeah, it's, I had to put that one in. Johnny Utah, 100. Ask us, picking 10th in a new 10-team league, any value at RBs, or should I go Luck or Gronk? Help. I, I will tell you this. I was in, uh, and, and Harmon was in this, this draft with me last night. Uh, it was a 12-team league, and I had the 11th pick. And at that point, I decided, you know what? I'm 11 in a 12-team league. I'm going zero RBs right Atta now. Atta baby. I'm going to go, and I'm going to get – so my first two picks – Was Jeremy Hill there? Uh, Jeremy Hill was not there. Okay. Uh, it's, so my first two picks ended up being Calvin Johnson and Julio Jones. Ooh. Spicy. Uh, you know, and so then I, I came back. I think I ended up getting Frank Gore sometime in the fourth round, so I guess it wasn't a true zero RB strategy. No, I think, but, I think that counts. But it was pretty heavy on that because it's like, well, the guys that I saw hanging around at the end of that first round, the running backs – weren't ones that I was willing to reach for. you know, And, you know, I've been a big go-get-your-guy sure. sort of person, but those guys weren't ones I was willing to reach for. C.J. Anderson? Uh, he was gone. I mean, really? Yeah, this, this, was, yeah. this was a league with some of our NFL.com you know, colleagues, so wow. they are up on a lot of these names. So I went zero RB, and, and I, I really feel like that's not a bad way to go if you know what you're doing and you have some kind of mid-round guys you're targeting. Before Jordy Nelson was injured, I thought there was a top eight 
eight of first-tier wide receivers, and those guys are a lot of them are still there. Like Marcus said, you can get them around the turn. And this guy, uh, Johnny Utah, brings up Gronk. I love taking Gronk in the late first. I was in I've that draft, it. Marcus. I've done it. Yeah, I was in that draft Marcus was mentioning last night. I took Gronk fourth overall probably because, if you can't tell, I do a lot of drafts. Oh, you're the one. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I do a lot of drafts, and, you know, I was just like, whatever. I want to do something different. I want to try something new. And, and, yeah, I think Gronk in the first is a totally viable strategy. You can come back around and get a fall, one of the running backs that falls maybe a DeMarco Murray or something, or if you can still take one of those top receivers. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of options. I love picking around the 10, the, the, the 10 turn this, Wiz, this year. Uh, all I have to say is these sure aren't deflating. <laughs> these are only inflating. <laughs> so get ready because I'm going to be ready. Gronk. I mean, in our in our uh, our NFL Fantasy Live uh, analyst league, so yeah. stop using the term experts. Uh, I took Gronk and Julio at the ten turn, so okay. I'm totally for that strategy because a lot of those guys have, like Matt mentioned, that tier of eight before Jordy went down. Just have a safer floor. I feel a lot more comfortable getting one of those guys than having a little more risk with another running back. So. I know a lot of people have been asking me about Gronk taking Gronk uh, late first, early second. I mean, early second, you almost priced into it uh, to use a poker term, but um, I'm just I'm hesitant on Gronk. And because it's almost like we're ignoring the fact that he has a long and extensive list of injuries that have forced him to miss a, quite a bit of time. Oh, he was healthy last year. I get that he was healthy last year. He's healthy right now. And he's healthy right now. And I mean, did Here's, you not hear him? These sure aren't deflating. <laughs> <laughs> these are only inflating. Here's, so get ready, because I'm going to be ready. He's ready, James. And my point for Gronk is that, it, and it's the point that I make for any first-round pick, you can't win your league in the first round, and you've heard this adage a million times, but you can lose your or your your league in the very first round. And mostly, it's not sexy to say it, but man, you know the teams that end up finishing first, second, third are almost universally the most healthy. I mean, regard. I mean, if you're playing a snake uh, auction, different story. But if you're playing in the snake because of the the draft format, I, I hate to say it because we try to be masters and artists drafting. But really, honestly, what it comes down to is those first, second, third place teams just generally are just more healthy than everybody else, and that's why I'm I'm hesitant to to advocate a guy like Gronkowski in the very first round. I, I know that's not very popular in this room because <laughs> the, the other three guys, the other three gentlemen here, have really advocated for him. But there you go. All right, should we uh, should we move on? Daily daps? Yeah, we can dap it. All right, let's, let's do go. daily daps. And we welcome in Matt Harmon, of course, for his very first edition of Daily Daps. Are are basically uh, we just give out props to to whatever we're thinking about. Uh, we're going to start with the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhart. Get us kicked off. Man, I really hadn't decided on this yet, so we're hoping you were going to be like, we'll start with We're going to start with MG, Marcus Grant. Kick <laughs> us off. There we go. All right. Well, first <laughs> off, I, I guess because I'm sitting in the seat Adam Rank normally occupies, yes. I got a couple. Um, this one's real quick, though, because a couple weeks on this show, I gave my daily dap to Kermit the Frog. Sure. Because he was back on the market again. Yep. I don't know if you've seen, Kermit's got a new girl. Yeah, okay. And Kermit that. seems to have a type. Uh, his new girlfriend, Denise, bears a striking resemblance. Like, let's just say if his... Old flame, kind of merged with an Instagram model. Okay, she looked a lot like his new flame. So, uh, but this is kind of you're saying he's like Reggie Bush. Apparently, yeah, he's like Reggie Bush. He's got a type. Reggie Bush, Robin Thicke. Robin Thicke apparently has a type as apparently. well. Apparently, um, 
So, yeah, so Kermit is with Denise now. So props to Kermit. He found love. Good for him. Uh, my other daily dap, my real daily dap, though, last week I gave a shout-out to Samurai Cop because we had a High Life Friday get-together and we watched Samurai Cop. You like it? It was fantastic. Oh, it was so awesome. So awesome. And so that made us so super excited because we found the news. Or Alex Gelhar, I guess, found the news. That I did some investigative journalism. Samurai Cop 2 what? is coming to theaters on October 9th. Uh, we saw the well, trailer coming, for it. It's coming to our theater. It's okay. coming to the to the Lemley. In <laughs> yeah, Hollywood. it's not. It's not, not really going to be. In, it's not going to be in like wide release or anything. But the, but there's a trailer. Uh, for there's it. a trailer on the YouTube's. Oh. We should tweet it out because it's. Yeah. We should absolutely tweet it out. I it was fantastic. It. I really thought I wasn't going to be able to do work for the rest of the day. I was going to just get it. up and walk out because the trailer for Samurai Cop Two. Oh, is that fantastic. I am digging it. And so, by the way, I mean, so it's got some of the characters from the original, some of the actors from the first one. Okay. On top of that, there's a cameo from Tommy Wiseau. And if you are a fan of awful, awful movies, you know Tommy Wiseau as the writer, director, producer, and star of the classic cult film The Room. This is so disappointing. We had uh, technical issues and couldn't get new drops synced up because I had uh, the you tell me apart, apart, Lisa. I had it all ready to drop in somewhere <laughs> yeah. in case you dap that, and uh, it just didn't happen. And we dropped the ball. But, yeah, Samurai Cop 2. Uh, find it when it comes to a VOD streaming service near you. Yeah, because it's not going to come to a theater near Wichita, <laughs> Kansas. <laughs> Matt Harmon, writer and garbage content producer for NFL.com. Do you have some daily daps? I'm so excited that that's a thing, and that's my title. Now. <laughs> it's going to stick. Yeah, my, my daily dap is actually um, this. I, I moved out to L.A. about a month ago, a little over a month ago now, um, so I'm kind of new getting, getting the run of the place. This yeah. weekend, Alex took me out with one of his friends, and I got to have a – night of firsts where I not only waited in line for the first time at a bar, which is a ridiculous concept and you should never do. Well, but I'm confused. Let us wait. Let him finish the story. <laughs> but I got to skip the line oh. because Alex's friend knew the doorman. So, How L.A.? So it, it was LA very moment. L.A. Such yeah. an L.A. moment. It was great because I was like morally offended that I'm like, why would I wait in line for a which bar? Is, which is what I told him. I was like, I don't wait in line, so if my friend wants to go into these bars, I'm like, you better be able to get us in because I can't stand it. Like Nothing infuriates me more than than waiting in line for overpriced alcohol and some sort of ambiance. So I'm well, like, you don't like elsewhere. you don't like the ten dollar draft. No man, that, I love a you're... good dive bar. <laughs> yeah, so you're, that you're was... not into the seventeen dollar mojitos in L A. <laughs> no, I like L A. a lot so far, but that part of it, no, that's not gonna happen. I'm like so confused because uh, uh, I, you know, I'm an L A. kid. I'm a California kid. I, you know, I spent a lot of my years in L A. and in the Bay Area. I don't know a world without waiting in line for a good ball. No, there, there are too many I, establishments to get to get to drinks in, in this town where I want to wait in line. It's I, a magical land, James. It's a magical <laughs> land where you just walk in and then you get a drink. Hey, it's, speaking of, by the way, uh, you know, Matt, Har- Matt Harmon, uh, you, you're saying you moved here about a month ago. I swear, I thought you, like, lived in Los Feliz. I mean, this dude rolls <laughs> through. I mean, he is just fantasy hipster to the nines, baby. I mean, he's got a little mustache working with the curlicues on the end. He's got his freshly dapped up hair. Comes in rolling wearing a, a yellow shirt like he owns the joint. Are you ignoring the Amish beard? And yeah. The Amish it's beard. not just a mustache with curlicues. <laughs> well, you know, listen, 
I mean, he looks like he belongs. I thought he just walked off of Los Feliz and walked into, the, by the way, you into get Culver. Some, you get some hipster points for calling it Los Feliz as opposed to Las Filas like right. everybody here in Los Angeles Of course. Does. Listen, man, you got to walk into a new build, a big building, the NFL. You got to walk in like you own the place, and I do. I, that, <laughs> I mean, fantasy hip. You don't get to produce garbage content yeah, unless you, don't. you walk in like <laughs> you can't. You can't produce the garbage that I do for the NFL if you don't also at least look good. I mean, it's amazing. I, I mean, really, he he just looks like I mean he's he's ready to, to do the hipster thing. You know who else is a as a fantasy franchise behind the glass? What's up, man? We got Matt Franciscovich behind the glass as well doing some. We don't have another headset, thing. unfortunately. Yes, right now. but uh, the <laughs> franchise also fantasy hipster as well. Uh, it's really incredible. But um, uh, I'm going to go daily daps. Uh, I'll go around horn a little bit. How about Waka Flocka? He's got his uh, Rico remix and also another song on SoundCloud called Working. Uh, Waka Flocka is about to drop. Uh, uh, what's he call it? Waka Valley Two or something? Flocka Valley Two. Is I it believe. going? Is it going to be? Dare I say, flames? It's. <laughs> oh my God. It will be hot. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, part two albums, uh, Game announced that he's going to be dropping Documentary Two sometime this month. Literally ten years after he dropped Doc One, so I'm super excited about that. Um, I will. I can't believe nobody here has said this yet. Star Wars, the second trailer just got dropped, I believe, last week, and we saw that. We saw a uh, what, what was it? A blue lightsaber? It wasn't really full trailer. Yeah, it, it was, was an Instagram. Twelve video. seconds or whatever. It was enough. I well, mean, it, it got us. It's all. on YouTube now, guys. I don't oh, know. I it? saw. I just saw it. You guys haven't seen it. This yet. is only the blue lightsaber. Yes, John absolutely. Boyega. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, is there like a fuller? How long was the trailer you watched? Then? I. I Bro. It was longer than 15 seconds, presumably. Bro, I don't know. Well, I feel like Kanye, but, bro, come on. We're not doing any work <laughs> for the rest of the day. Uh, you, and I will say this. How about dailydapsyoutube.com slash NFL? We yeah, haven't, there you go. Yeah. We haven't dapped this yet. Subscribe today. NFL.com slash or YouTube.com slash NFL. Um, if you haven't seen it, we've got a new partnership the NFL does uh, with YouTube. And, and, man, it's got preseason highlights. And a lot of your podcasts moved into video form, move the sticks. Uh, ATN is on there. Damashek is on there. And we've got a dedicated fantasy football playlist as well. you got to just search around. I, I mean, you want to get into that YouTube dark hole. Uh, YouTube.com slash NFL. I get, if you haven't seen it, I guarantee you, you will be wasting the next 45 minutes of your life. A lot of good stuff there. It's so good. It's so good. Gerhard, right. did we get you yet? No, I've, yet. I've, I've come back around. I, right. I thought I was bouncing my mind around a couple things and decided I'm just going to give a dap to September. Today's September 1st. Okay. Because September brings back football. Hello. First of all. What's Real that? NFL action. Uh, and football, like fall TV comes back. We start getting good movies. I also like coming from the Midwest. Fall was the best weather. Summer was way too hot and gross. Right. Winter is way too cold. <laughs> fall was where it was like those like two months where we had good serviceable weather. So I always, so, fall always has a soft spot in my heart. And September's a kickoff of it too. Dude, not so. just not just NFL, but how about college football? Oh, I'm excited. Oh my god. I have to work on on Saturdays since I am the new guy. I will be just most. I mean, other than like actually actually working, working. Right. <laughs> I will be just cons- using all of these televisions here in the newsroom to consume college football. Oh my gosh, I am so excited about that. The Cal Bears. Uh, I don't know why, but for some reason the Cal if people think the Cal Bears might win nine games this year. I don't see it. Really? They I don't see it. They got a quarterback, right? That's Jared Goff is is legit. I I there's no question about it, but. I don't see them winning nine games. Sorry, Bear fans. I just don't see it. I, I've looked at the schedule. If they win seven games, I'll be shocked. Uh, I, I put them at about I put them at about six and a half games. I'll get I'll give them seven just because I love them. 
with nine. <laughs> nine is Just out of control. I love them. Come on, guys. All right, so there you go. That's your show, man. That's it. Hit that button. Let's get out of here. For the new guy, Matt Harmon, MG Marcus Grant, Alex Delhar, the Wiz Kid from Wisconsin. I'm James Kell. You've been listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. We'll see you. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top ten for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.